0: Hey mamas, so unfortunately Cynthia is not here today. Somebody had to go on a fun vacation. So I guess it's just you and I today. So what I'm going to be doing today, I think I'm just gonna have a mom reddit 30 minutes, not an hour. An hour is a long time for a Reddit stories. But we're going to do mom Reddit half an hour. Let's see. What's the worst parenting advice you've ever received? Um, to be honest, I'm going to answer that one and then I'll see what they have to say. I mean, to be honest, I haven't really had much really bad parenting advice. Um, I try and take what everybody says and really think about it. So I'm open to advice, especially with my crazy one. But let's see what some of these worst parenting advices are. So the person who posted OP says, when my baby was small, she used to cry a lot and no one knew why. They simply termed it colic. Dude, same here. Um, And colic is just supposed to be, I guess, acid reflux or GERD, just really bad GERD. Um, so we had Ezra on some medications for GERD, uh, he, we got his lip and tongue tie fixed because he wasn't drinking correctly, but yeah, there were times where he would just cry and cry and, you know, they can't talk, so you don't really know, but I I hate that, I hate that it's just like, oh, it's colic, there's nothing you can do, have a good life, (laughs) it's like, no, please help me. Um, But this woman says two visitors came one after the other. One told me never ever to give the child gripe water. Dude, that stuff is amazing. And the other said it was so important that I gave it. (laughs) Like this, many people told me conflicting advice on various matters. Emotionally, I couldn't handle it until my husband told me that I was the mother and I should do what I feel is best and shouldn't worry about other people's comments as they were not the parents. I instantly felt in control and at peace. Good for you, OP. Yeah. And in the end of the day, at the end of the day, it is your kid, right? So you do what you feel is right. And you know, we all have that mom instinct in us to do what we feel is correct for our child. You know, there are so many times where you know, I had to, I took Ezra to the doctor just because I had a feeling you know, it's like, I feel like something's not right. And sure enough, for the most part, it there, there wasn't, you know, Um, one time he had like an ear infection. And I was like, see, I knew it. I knew something wasn't right. Um, So mom is always trust your instinct on that. But I think it's so funny to get (laughs) contradicting advice. Don't do gripe water, do gripe water. I, I did gripe water for hiccups. I thought it was, it was the bomb. It definitely took away the hiccups. We did gas drops for the gas. You know, the way uh, his gastroenterologist explained it, because we ended up having to go to one was, you know, babies, they just don't, they their systems aren't ready yet. They don't know how to push a toot out or keep stuff down. Things are just, you know, they're still developing everything. So Uh, And sometimes it hurts. So spit up is okay, but hurtful spit up, painful spit up is not okay, right? That would be something to see somebody about. I'm acting like I have like the best advice in the world. Like I know all. No, again, trust your instinct. An old lady to help. So another one, an old lady to help with teething to take a a safety pin and pre-cut my son's gums. She said it would make teething be shorter and less painful. <gasps> that's that's some horror movie stuff. Safety pin to pre-cut the gums? Ooh. That now I can tell you Ezra's teeth, Ezra on his first birthday only had two little bottom teeth. And today were taking forever to come out. But I would not <laughs> pre-cut his gums. That's something I've never heard of. Oh, that's, that's by far the worst on the thread. Yeah. All right. I hope they at least boiled the safety pins beforehand. Oh Lord. Like that makes it any better. Sterile safety pins. maybe I'm wrong, but I'm eight months pregnant with my second and my mother-in-law told me a few weeks ago to ignore my toddler. Okay. Yeah. That's gotta be the worst advice. I hate that just let him cry. He'll be fine. No, I can't. First of all, I can't do that. I can't just leave him crying. Like he needs his mommy for, for whatever, even if it's just comfort. Ignore my toddler as much as possible and to not take her to any activity she likes anymore. So she'll, so she'll get used to it before the baby comes and it won't be such a shock. Oh, you're having another baby? Let's get your child used to it. Let's just ignore them (laughs) all together. Oh, don't take them anywhere either. You know, the playground. You can't go to the playground with a baby. (laughs) Of course you can. You take the baby and the toddler to the playground. Come on. My mom told me a co-worker of hers told her she tried to make summers super boring for her children so they would look forward to school in the fall. (laughs) And my mom was like, no, I want my children to enjoy their childhoods. That's funny. (laughs) That would definitely be a way to keep them going to school, I guess. Uh, Someone once told us if our baby started trying to walk to push them over, because once they walk, your life gets harder. Oh, that's funny. I think that was probably a joke. It's just a habit. She'll grow out of it. That's something that's hard to say. Can something be just a ha- like a weird quirk that they have and they'll just grow out of it? My son got into watching British TV shows like he never was into Peppa. But, you know, he likes Pocoyo. And uh, <laughs> for a while, he was saying some words with British accents. <laughs> we are very American. Uh, and <laughs> I was like, why are you saying it like that? he's still I was like oh he's like mommy I don't like tomatoes and I'm like it's tomatoes he's like no it's tomatoes I'm like okay weird habit weird quirk will he grow out of it probably an elderly man told me that when his children were newborns the doctors instructed them to put the babies to sleep at the complete opposite end of the house so that they could only be heard if they cried really loud. So you would know if they actually needed something. Lord have mercy. If your baby is crying, they need something. They're not fake crying. Oh my gosh. That's awful. Man, that's some crazy advice. Let's do a different thread let's just go into r slash parenting and see what we can find. Teenagers. My husband wakes my daughter up every morning before he goes to work. He makes sure she gets out of bed because otherwise she'll fall back asleep. This morning she got up and took a shower. Here we are an hour later and it's time to go to school. I call for her. She doesn't answer. (laughs) I knock on her bedroom door And she responds from the bathroom. Apparently, she fell asleep in the bathroom. How? Oh, because they're teenagers. Yeah, the first comment says hormones are a hell of a drug. Yeah, I mean, hormones can... Really, I mean, even as an adult, man, your hormones would make you so exhausted. So, (laughs) but falling asleep in in the shower is great. I actually was on Amazon the other day because my husband has to wake up super early for work sometimes and he doesn't get very good sleep if you have to wake if he has to wake up early because he's like what if my alarm doesn't wake me up what if i fall asleep through my alarm and, you know he has to wake up at like you know 5:30 or something like that and i said oh well i'm sure there's some some sort of double alarm system so i found on Amazon this vibrating alarm but there was there was another one and I thought about getting it but I was like wait a second then that that means I'm gonna end up (laughs) getting woken up by this thing and I definitely don't want that to happen but there was one I think it was called like sonic boom or something insane like that and the videos if you ever get a chance to look on Amazon and look at these videos of people getting woken up with this sonic boom it's like The actual alarm goes whoop, whoop, like really loud. And the vibrations are insane. And there was one video of a mom was like, still didn't work on my teenager. And you can hear this alarm from like down the hallway. She goes in. It's so loud. It's so loud. It's like a catastrophic event is happening in this child's room. And it's vibrating the bed like crazy, and the kid is laying sideways in the bed and his head is at the bottom of the bed instead of at the top to get away from the vibrations. And he's still knocked out. <laughs> and it's like, yep, didn't work. I'm like, how does that not work? It is literally a, like a, hu- a sonic boom alarm with vibrations that are vibrating the entire bed. So, you know, I pray that that doesn't happen to me when my son becomes a teenager. But I mean, I can see how some of these teenagers, they are good down for the count. I mean, my son now doesn't like waking up. So I have a feeling it's not gonna, it's not gonna be the best for me. <laughs> what do you want from teachers? Teachers. As a teacher and a parent, this is leading me. Another post, several comments I've seen recently have led me to ask, as a parent, when your child is experiencing issues at school, what do you actually want from us as teachers? I'm asking genuinely and honestly. Uh, I know it varies from place to place, so I'm going to speak from my own experience as an 8th grade teacher from Canada who teaches elementary. Oh, 8th year teacher, sorry. We're not allowed to disclose how another student was dealt with. Yeah, that's a huge thing. As a teacher, it's kind of like, I understand that you want to know, like, was the other child taken care of? Like, did you talk to that other kid? Did you talk to the other kid's parents? And as a teacher, you can't, you can't be like, yeah, you know. I mean, you can say I've I've talked to them, but I can't say what I talked about. I can't say what the parents are going to do. I can't say what kind of discipline they're going to get. All I can say is, you know, the other side has, is being handled. And I, I totally get that because as a parent, you know, I don't know if you know this, but my son uh, decided at the age of three that he wanted to be Muhammad Ali at school. Just kidding, but um, got into a little fight at three years old, with another kid. And I mean, long story short, when I asked him, you know, I said, who hit who first? he said, Oh, I hit him first. I'm like, Oh, wow, I can't even, I can't even be like self defense here. (laughs) Um, But I said, Well, why did you hit him? And he said that he was, you know, spitting at him or something. What he really said was like, he was going at me. And I was like, Okay, well, that's spitting, which is kind of gross. But I didn't want to go to the teacher and be like, did you talk to that other kid? Because apparently he was spitting and blah, blah, blah. I didn't want to be that parent because I've dealt with those parents before. So it's like really that fine line of like, okay, I have to trust that the teacher took care of it. But at the same time, I want to know that she took care of it. So I I totally get that. I've seen two students suspended in my eight years of teaching both two students in eight years. I think I need to go teach in Canada. Two? Do you know how many kids I've had suspended in in one year in one semester? <laughs> like That's I had kids expelled before. All right. Due to illegal substances or weapons. Okay. Beg for, for st- students to be sent home or suspended, told no, not an option. Oh, well, yeah, there's a whole process you have to go through here. You know, and that's what stinks about the whole bullying situation. It's like, there has to be more than one occurrence of it. So, you know, when, when a child gets bullied, there has to be multiple things going in about the same student saying, hey, this, this child is bullying somebody, this kid is doing this, this kid is doing that. Um, And it can't just be a one off incident, unless there's absolute proof, you know, text messages, things like that. Um, We can't just go based off of he said, she said, you know, that's really, it's really a hard, a hard thing to go by when there's not multiple instances. Um, And it kind of stinks, of course, like, as the victim of somebody who has bullied, you know, it's how how can i prove to you that this is happening to me, you know? they're doing it when the teachers aren't around, you know. there's so many times that where a teacher gets blamed like, "oh, you didn't report for bullying. i didn't see anything." you know, um there's one of me and there's 25 kids in the class. if they're saying something off the side to each other, i I mean, if they're in a group setting and they're supposed to be discussing something else and I'm in a small group helping another small group, you know, I can go back and forth as much as I can. But these kids are sneaky. When they see the teacher go to the other side of the room, that's when they're going to start doing stuff and saying stuff. And it's hard uh, to say, unfortunately, I, I didn't see anything. And if one kid is denying it, how do I know? How do I know what's the truth? What's not the truth? It's so hard to say. So then it's like, okay, I got to keep a close eye on these kids. Well, first of all, separate them 100%. And then you know, keep a really close eye on them and and watch so that I can say, okay, I did see it this time. Um, But it's not going to happen the first time it happens. You know, I've been strangled, slapped, kicked and bitten. Oh my gosh this poor teacher. I can't I, I mean, if she's in an ED classroom, which is emotionally disabled, or I mean, it can happen. Um, I meet with parents regularly communicate daily, I send kids to the office or out of the classroom who are being aggressive or disruptive. I do collaborative problem solving with students who are in conflicts. Teacher teach, it sounds like you're doing the best you can. I don't see many comments like my kid's teacher doesn't care. Nothing is being done. They don't do anything. And it is, oh, I just see these comments and it is so disheartening. Yeah, I agree, you know, but on the other side of things, you've got a parent who has a child who is obviously things are happening. Um, so gosh, this is a hard topic. Uh, I think a lot of parents grew up in an era when teachers and administrators were more empowered to expel, suspend, etc. They truly don't realize that it's changed. It has, it has really changed a lot, guys. It's not like what it used to be. There has to be documentation, like so much document, 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 document. Uh, and, And even then, sometimes it doesn't happen. Oh, well, the kid's a good kid, or, you know, Um, if a child has a disability and it's um, whatever is happening is because of this child's disability, they can't really say much because it's unfortunately, it's because of a disability. So, you know, if, if you get if you pull a fire alarm, you're supposed to be immediate expulsion, right? There was a kid who pulled a fire alarm, but he was in special ed. And unfortunately, it was due to his disability that he got angry and pulled the fire alarm. So he did not get expelled because if they can prove that it was because of this child's disability, then that expulsion won't happen or that suspension won't happen. Um, There's a lot of red tape to go through parents when we're talking about the school system and trying to get things done. The biggest thing I can say, especially if you have a child with disabilities, get an advocate out there, make sure you have your all of your paperwork. Um, make sure every teacher knows. Hey, my kid has an IEP, or my kid has a 504. Um, we get them, but there's some teachers who are getting you know 50 IEPs. And it's like, okay, I got to go through all these. I have to make sure I have all these accommodations, especially once they get up in middle school and high school time. So it's important that your child advocates for themselves as well. And that you advocate for them. Um, Because again, we're just one person. Um, Right now I have almost 280 students. I teach online virtually and I have almost 280 kids. I have a lot of IEPs. did I go through all of them? Of course, it's my job. Um, but sometimes, you know, things fall through fall through the cracks. And it, it's great when a kid is like, hey, I have my IEP, I get this. I'm like, oh, yep, you're right. Perfect. Good. Because we're only human. Um, so if you do have a child with disabilities, just make sure that you are 100% advocating for them, you are communicating with as teachers, we love communication. We don't like you know, care and communication, if I should call it that, (laughs) Um, which is, you know, what are you doing? Why is my child doing this? And why aren't you doing anything? That's just not, that's not going to get anything out of the teacher. Um, Approach it with some diplomacy, I guess I should say. Um, And if your child doesn't have a disability and is being bullied or anything like that, just keep pushing, uh, just keep pushing for it um, and keep documenting. That's the biggest thing, and that's what they tell us in education all the time, document, 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 because there's all this, all this paperwork you have to go through. I, I, I can't quote it, but I, there's a certain amount of suspensions that you can get per semester for you to even go up for expulsion. So I would have kids that would get suspended like five times in a semester. It would be like an insane amount of suspensions. But then the next semester it starts all over again. So they would get five more suspensions next semester, but there was no expulsion happening because it restarted every semester. So you never know what the paperwork is like, and um, you never know what's going on behind the scenes. So. Uh, that's just a little tidbit from the education system. And that's why I teach online now, because that red tape was hard to go through. And I feel for this this teacher strangled, slapped, kicked. I mean, we got to do better. All right, let's do one last topic on our slash parenting Terrified about my son's upcoming dental procedure. This is good. Procedures are so scary. Even if it's like we've done this procedure 500 times. Um, It's still scary. My three and a half year old is getting dental work done next month. Caps on back teeth, fillings in front teeth. For three and a half year old? Terrified that something bad might happen. I've read stories of children dying from the anesthesia and I'm worried sick. Oh lordy, don't read those stories. The dental office specializes in pediatric dentistry, but they're about 15 minutes away from the closest hospital if something happens. How can I calm my anxiety? I'm so scared. I feel like completely canceling the procedure, even though I know it's necessary. So if you listen to the first episode of Momprehension, you will know that my son did go through a procedure, and unfortunately, he did aspirate during that procedure. He was only six weeks old. So I can feel this because apparently at three years old, my son is supposed to go to the, de- the dentist, according to my doctor, and I still have not taken him and he's four. And I think I just have some serious PTSD. I feel like if I walk in that dental office, that I'm just going to collapse of anxiety. <laughs> um, I might just have to have my husband take him to the dentist every year from now on, just because of everything that happened. But for the love of all things, holy, stay off of Google. Oh my gosh. The the, the more you read about those horror stories, the worse it's going to be. And all likelihood is such a small percentage. Can that small percentage be you? Yeah, but think of all the large percentages. And you have the anesthesiologist there. You have people there that are going to be watching your baby and making sure that they're 100% monitored and completely safe. Uh, my son, when he was one and a couple months old, he went in and got heart surgery. It was a simple quote unquote procedure where, you know, they, they take the thing and they go up the vein and the leg and they put a occluder in his heart. And it's terrifying. I'm not gonna lie. It's not terrifying, but you have to trust that the doctors are going to be there. Um, and honestly, dental offices, they actually have a lot of the stuff that they have at some of the hospitals where like for like breathing, because I guess people can stop breathing and things like that. So when that happened with my son, they had a whole kit there, a whole make somebody breathe again kit, which worked. It can be scary, but don't listen to Google. Google Doc. Dr. Go- what do they call him? Dr. Google is your enemy. <laughs> so uh, somebody said general anesthesia is safer than sedation because he would need an anesthesiologist or nurse oh okay yeah so that's right I guess as a dental procedure it would just be it wouldn't even be full anesthesia it would just be nighty night time oh look at this somebody said this is my husband's job he's a pediatric anesthesiologist so literally doing this all day every day I'm not in medicine, and it would absolutely freak me out as well, but he's so mellow about it. Not in an uncaring way or dehumanizing way, but in the same way that a pilot is really mellow about flying. There's so much training, safety measures in place, and loads of redundancy built in so nothing gets overlooked. There's always going to be risk, but the anesthesiologist knows what they're doing, has done this so many times, and is going to be giving 100% to your kiddo to keep them safe. Awesome. That's such a good reply, and I hope it's true. (laughs) Because we all know sometimes things on Reddit can't be true. I think that as parents, no matter what, we're going to be freaking out. Um, and that just makes you a good mom, you know, if you were a mom that didn't care, then, you know, would that make you a good mom? No, of course not. You're going to worry all the time about everything, whether it be a dental procedure or whether it be a broken arm, which I'm not excited about that first broken arm or first broken leg or however it may happen. Or even just making sure they're safe on the playground, you know. All of this is the signs of a good mom. I am so happy that I was able to talk with you guys today and go through some Reddit stuff with you. With that being said, I hope Cynthia is having the time of her life. Apparently, I have her on Facebook and she went white water rafting today. Thanks, Cynthia. Go ahead and leave me here one day it'll be her turn (laughs) and she'll have to do the podcast all on her own um well thank you guys so much for listening and just remember that you're the mom or you're the parent so any advice given to you you can choose to keep that advice and use it or you can choose not to it is totally up to you and you are in charge you are in charge of their health you are in charge of their education and you are their advocate especially when they're so little and when they're get when they get older you teach them to advocate for themselves as well because you know why you are a super mom and on that i'm going to wish you guys a wonderful wonderful week see ya